Michael Smith. It's episode 54 of the Canes cast. You know what that means. What's that? Time for us to get in shape. Yes, it is episode 54, Brett Pesci's old jersey number of Canes cast. And head strength and conditioning coach for your Carolina Hurricanes, Bill Berniston, joining us on the podcast here in just a bit. Really, really, really good chat with him that I think you all uh, will enjoy hearing. Yeah, absolutely. And Billy doesn't pull any punches. For my money, he's a straight shooter who doesn't tell the players what they want to hear. It's what they need to hear. And you've seen the players get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. And uh, I, I just think it's a, a really good training staff that's been assembled here. And we'll hear from Bill Berniston about the offseason, getting ready for the season, everything in between as well. Plus, he's a fan of when we talk about food. Yeah, so we're basically going to do that um, all podcast, really. <laughs> yeah, he'll love it. You'll, you might get his response to Michael and uh, my reviews of restaurants and where to go on the road. He loves it. He secretly yeah, loves he, it. It's one of those things. He gets it, maybe. I maybe. wouldn't make, I wouldn't make uh, Bill mad, though. No, no <laughs> that's not at all. the last thing that I want to do. A few things, though. More and more players are starting to come into town as we get closer and closer to September. That means training camp is getting ready to open up, but players are starting to come in, get their own workouts in on the ice. I had a chance to talk to Michael Furland, who was putting on the Canes gear for the first time at Raleigh Center Ice earlier. Uh, depends on when you hear this podcast. So it was on Monday of this week or today, if you're listening to it today. I think Canes fans are going to love Michael Furland and what he brings to the ice, the type of skill level that he has, but his attitude, the way he plays – Another good addition for the Hurricanes, so I'm excited about that. And you can hear it slash see it right now at Hurricanes.com. Yep, there's a good uh, about four and a half minutes worth of discussion with uh, one of the newest Canes forwards who is kind of an underrated part of that acquisition, I think, just because Dougie Hamilton, obviously one of the top defenders in the NHL, actually named by the NHL Network as one of the league's top 20 defenders. Number 18 on that list. Number 18 on that list. Um, But Michael Furlan... He scored. Tw- he crossed the twenty goal threshold last season, uh, and he's he's one of those markers, guys. I believe he's one of those guys who has the offensive abilities, obviously, to to make an impact, but can also bring some of the grit, some of the sandpaper that the Hurricanes have been looking to add to their lineup, uh, and they've certainly done so with acquisition of of a guy like Furland, uh, of a guy like like Jordan Martinook acquired earlier in a trade with Arizona in early May. So. He's going to be, I think, uh, an important part of this Hurricanes lineup this this season. He could be someone who plays alongside guys like Martin Achos and Andrei Svechnikov. A guy like Furland, uh, if he's playing his type of game, is going to be able to open up space for guys like Svechnikov and Achos uh, to be able to work in the open ice and, and do what they're best at doing. So I'll be interested to see where he fits in to the lineup come training camp, but uh, yeah, he's one of the uh, one of the new faces coming into Raleigh and getting on the ice with the guys that are already here, including uh, Scott Darling, Valentin Zikov. Uh, I know Hayden Fleury is in town now, uh, and and just over the next week or two, you're going to see more and more guys start to make their arrivals in Raleigh as they begin to to skate at Raleigh Center Ice in the lead up to training camp come mid September. So, and it it's an exciting time of the year, and. Um, Looking forward to, to everyone getting back in town and really signaling the start of a new season. Yeah, and I can't wait. Let's get to October 4th. Yeah. I know that preseason is going to be fun, which, oh, by the way, 
Uh, for everybody out there, thank you for the interest in the free hockey game that will be the one thing that caps off the preseason against the, the Nashville Predators. I know that you had your hands full a little bit more than I did, but the response was pretty overwhelming for folks who want to come in and watch free hockey. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of people trying to snag their tickets. So once the tickets are free, uh, it is a free preseason game, but you will need a ticket for entry. Uh, you can go to carolinahurricanes.com uh, and reserve or claim your tickets there. Um, the site earlier was having some trouble because there was so much interest, but I think the servers have, have settled down a bit now, so you should be able to to reserve your uh, your seats if you haven't already. Season ticket members uh, will have their tickets loaded onto their Kaniac account manager in early September, so no need to worry about those unless uh, you're looking to reserve uh, extra seats for, for friends or, or family or what have you. So uh, tickets available on Hurricanes.com. Definitely make it out to this year's Kaniac Carnival. That's going to be, I think, a really big hit. And the exciting part, too, is that it is a preseason game, yes, but it is the last preseason game. So you're going to see, I think... It's uh, the dress rehearsal. It's a dress rehearsal, essentially. And you're going to have guys who maybe are fighting for their spots on the roster. Like, guys who are going to have their last attempt to, to make an impression on the coaching staff and the front office staff um, that, that they deserve a spot on this roster. So I think you're going to see a, a very competitive game. Uh, and it's against the, the defending President's Trophy winners. So it, it should be a, a really fun afternoon here at PNC Arena. Uh, and we hope you guys uh, can all make it out to, to what should be a, a very exciting Kaniac Carnival this yeah. year. So, I mean, there's we're, we're crossing off those, those mile markers getting closer to the start of the regular season. Yep. And one of the things that the players have to do, Michael, they got to make sure that they're in shape because it, this isn't the old days where you'd come in from the job you had to have and now you get ready to play your sport. Training camp is completely different. And who do we have to join us? We have head strength and conditioning coach from your Carolina Hurricanes, Bill Bernest. Mike, as we welcome back the second two-time guest here on the Canes cast, strength and conditioning coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, Bill Bernest. And Bill, first off, we always appreciate the time that you take to join us here on the show. And second, I mean, there is no more offseason. You and I have talked about it earlier this year that it's year-round making sure that the players are up on what they need to do and, and what a strength and conditioning coach needs to be up on to make sure that the guys are ready for the start of the season. So how has your summer been going? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me back on. I'm honored to be uh, here for a second time, so thanks for that. You know, summer now is really making sure that guys are, are doing all the right things and you really it's difficult to take some time off, but you certainly have to take something off, right, because you have to get your mind right. You have to uh, be able to, you know, be ready to, you know, play for, for 82 games plus. Um, so there's a lot of things that you have to think about. And, you know, I'm a firm believer of, you know, taking it, you know, progressing from, you know, June, you know, doing a little bit more, you know, each week and adding on to that workload. And uh, this way, when you come into to camp, you know, years ago, you used camp to get into shape. Not anymore, man. You got to hit, our guys better be hitting the ground running, you know. So, Things have changed here a little bit. Um, as I don't think we need to talk about you know much of that, but I can tell you with with Rod at the helm, I'm going to tell you that there's going to be you know a lot of accountability from a strength and conditioning perspective, right? And I like that. I, I want somebody to hold me accountable. I want the players to hold me accountable. I want the organization to hold me accountable, um, because I'm certainly going to hold them accountable as well. Um, so I think there there's some things here that 
you know, Roddy and I talk uh, almost on a daily basis and some changes that we've made to our testing protocols, um, you know, w whether that's on-ice stuff or whether that's uh, some of the off-ice stuff that we're doing, but we've certainly made some changes to that. I know you've been hands-on with some players this offseason, uh, Scott Darling uh, perhaps most importantly, but how much contact do you have with players otherwise um, regarding their summer routines, or is it more of a, a talk with them at the end of the season, letting them know what they need to accomplish over the summer uh, before they get back to camp? Yeah, really what our plan is, when guys leave here, they know what's expected of them. So we lay that all out. Uh, I also give guys an option. So, you know, here's a, a, something that's really important to me. Um, guys have their own strength coaches. If I dig my heels in and say, you have to do my program, that's an issue, right? Because, you know, guys are going to, you know, resent that a little bit. Uh, we have to trust that their strength coaches know what, what they're doing. So my conversations are more with their strength coaches than they are with the players themselves. My conversations with the players in the summer deal more around, uh, you know, an occasional text message, hey, how you doing? How are things going? And, and really that's how I, I leave it. Guys that um, are working with strength coaches that I have relationships with, you know, that's a uh, once every two weeks, once a month, you know, checking in and depending on who the player is too, right? Some guys we have to sit on a little bit more than others or we just want to make sure that they're you know, reaching their goals that, that we had set for them at the end of the season. So guys know what our testing protocol is. They know what's expected of them. They know where they need to be when they come into camp. So those are conversations. So I, I constantly send out uh, reminders about our testing protocol and, and things to, uh, to that nature. As far as workouts are concerned, I only write workouts for guys that, that want them. Uh, because I think at, at some point, if you're saying, hey, this is the only way we want you to train, it, it doesn't necessarily fit for everybody. And, and that goes true here, even with the guys that I train that, that are our players, right? So when I train them, everybody's on a little bit of a different program, right? Because I, I, I don't want to write just one program and send it out to everybody that's what we've done in the past i'd rather send out you know the protocol of our testing and then what their goals are on ice and then let them you know find a means you know to do it. There, there's plenty of different avenues to get to the same goal Man, uh, michael right now i have like 35 questions i want to ask bill berniston the head strength and conditioning coach of the carolina hurricanes joining us here on canes cast along that which is tailoring a workout for a player and i mean I just want to put the, the ball in your court for this one, Bill. A younger guy who's still growing and, and growing into his body and learning how to work out versus a veteran, how different would you tailor a workout? Like more weights for the younger guy or maybe less weights for him? You want him to, to keep his flexibility if he's a, a player on the small end. How do you look and determine this is how I'm going to tailor this, this workout, this offseason regimen for our players? Yeah, I, I can tell you, Mike, that – it's not necessarily about more weight or less weight or let's go heavy with this guy, let's go light with this guy. It's more about what do they need, right? We, we all talk about, you know, if, if somebody needs to develop more power, well, we're going to do a little bit more plyometric work. We're going to put a little bit less weight on the bar uh, and move it quicker, right? More explosiveness. We're going to work on that fast twitch muscle fiber. So it depends on really the guy, not necessarily whether they're a veteran or not. Now, I can tell you this. 
my conversations with veterans are a little bit different because I'm always asking them, hey, what works for you? What worked for you? You know, as opposed to a, a, a younger guy, a rookie that really doesn't have much of experience, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dictate that a little bit more um, as, as opposed to, you know, saying, you know, coming together and coming up with a program, um, you know, that they've had success with or taking things in, uh, you know, putting things in or taking things out based on their experience. Um, so really, it, for me, it doesn't matter, you know, where they are, you know, and who they are. It's more about what their goal is, you know, or, or how long. It, it's not about how long they've been in the league. You mentioned uh, new head coach Rod Brendamore, obviously known for his intense workout regimens. Really? Rod the Bod. Uh, uh, what sort of conversations have you had with him this summer, and how, is, how are things going to change uh, when we get to training camp here in just about a month? Yeah, well, you know, from uh, – I just think the expectation is going to be different, right? Guys aren't going to come in and do their own workouts. Guys aren't going to come in, which, honestly, sometimes that's okay, right? When we talk about the veterans, right, sometimes, you know, if it's worked for them, they need to be able to do – you know, they need to have some autonomy, right? Otherwise, um, you know, we're not going to get that buy-in. I hate to use that term buy-in, but it's true, right? Guys guys need to believe in what you're doing. Um so, you know, one, I love the conversations that I have with, with Rod because, you know, he wants to make sure, you know, he's going to support what we're doing, you know, in the weight room because ultimately, you know, what we're doing is to try to make players better, right? Like we're not just doing it to do it, right? And if we feel like, you know, why do we just have to do it? Well, I, I don't think that's going to be productive for anybody. So, you know, the conversations that we have, um, you know, are all about work ethic, right? Getting guys to do what we need them to do. Um, and get them, you know, to, to a point where they need to be, right, where we're all pulling on the same rope in the same direction, doing all the little things that actually make a big difference, right? So it's not about how much time. This is what I talk to, you know, even the guys that I train, right? It's not about the two hours that you're spending with me, right? What are you doing the other 22 hours? So it's the same thing. It's not just about the time that we're spending on the ice. What are we doing off the ice? What are we doing in the weight room? You know, we need to be – you know, effective. Obviously, our workouts need to be effective, but you know, they also need to 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 be quick, right? We need to be able. We can't keep guys in there for hours upon hours. That's not the timing for it. So, you know, Rod understands that. He just wants to make sure that we're all in there, that we're all pulling on the same string, that we're all sweating together, we're all doing the things that need to be done in order for us to be successful as a team. So, you know, that's a great place, you know, to develop camaraderie and and develop all those types of things that are important, right? Some of the chemistry that we see, you know, between, you know, players and teams. I mean, th those things aren't just developed on the ice. Those are off ice as well. How important is it, the relationship you have with the head trainer, Doug Bennett? And without getting into specifics on this, Bill, but players who are injured, who are coming back from maybe an off-season surgery, that you're monitoring what they're doing, that Doug is monitoring what they're doing, that you guys are all working as one unit to make sure you're bringing a guy along so he's ready October 4th, puck drop. He's, he's going to be at his peak. Yeah, Mike, great question. First of all, I don't think that we could ever ask for a, a better staff than what we have right now. You know, our athletic training staff and, and Doug and, and Brian Maddox, those guys are, are phenomenal, right? We're, we're, you know, we talk about your teammates, you know, pulling on the same or your team pulling on the same rope in the same direction. That's exactly how we are too, right? And then add Tristan Simmons into the mix, you know, doing some soft tissue massage work. Newly it, it, married Tristan Simmons that's too. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, you know, those are the things that, that are important to us, right? But 
I think we have a great team, right? And when you you put that all together into the sports performance realm, it, it's it's about having communication, and that, that's you know Doug's not afraid to tell me, hey, I don't agree with that, and I'm certainly not afraid to tell Doug I don't agree with you know what what your thoughts are. Let's come up with something that's going to work for all of us. That's a rarity, but point being is our feelings aren't hurt when we when we express how we feel we sit down you know Doug has put together you know an incredible uh, layout for us and we sit down and we um, we meet every morning we talk about you know where our athletes are from a workload standpoint where we need to push where we need to pull back um, what we need to do from you know a injury prevention standpoint what we need to do from a rehab standpoint whatever it is when guys walk in the door we know what we're doing uh, and that's really important. So I would say that the communication that we have in our department is, is phenomenal. I would say it's second to none. Let's dive a bit into some specifics. Uh, I know we mentioned Scott Darling earlier, and he was one who uh, I think really approached this offseason with a view of uh, needing to, to better himself uh, on and off the ice. And you guys sat down at the end of the year, I guess, and, and came up with a plan, right? And then uh, he went to the World Championships, played in that, and then took some time off, as you mentioned, just to just to clear the mind and get everything right. What have you been working with him through since uh, in the gym, you know, six days a week, I guess it's been, uh, and how have you seen him progress off the ice? Yeah, Scott's been, been awesome. You know, um, his, his work ethic has been great. Uh, he's been doing everything that that we ask, you know, and, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, you spend two hours in the gym. What are you doing with the other 22 hours? He's eating right. You know, he's, he's getting plenty of rest, all those things that, you know, lead into, you know, good performance. Now, um, as far as, you know, our, our progression through the summer, you know, we keep adding a little bit of time. Now he's a little bit more on the ice, so we take a little bit of time away from the, the weight room, but we're adding in some more movement. Um, and more explosiveness. Uh, we also do a lot of vision work with um, with a system that we have, uh, just helping helping with um, you know brain processing and and things of that nature. So it's really been uh, it's really been great. Scott's been phenomenal. I think he's seen you know results. I'm excited to to see him perform. I think he's going to have a lights out year. And you know I think it's more about the fact that he's just put in the time. That, that you know you can't just show up once in a while and think that the, these things are going to work out for you, that you're going to get lean or that you're going to be in better shape. You know, I always kid around, you know, standing in a weight room, sitting around or wishing, hoping, wanting to become great in anything you do won't make you great any more than sitting in a chicken coop would turn you into a chicken, right? So you got to actually do the work. And this guy's uh, done a phenomenal job. And I'm really proud of him. You know, I, I don't want to pump his tires too much because, you know, if he listens to this, then he's going to think I'm getting soft on him. But he, um, he's been great, honestly. I couldn't ask for, for anything more from the guy. Well, a reporter, not naming names, but Michael Smith, did ask him because he's, he's taking up boxing as well, that does he sometime envision Bill Berniston's face on the heavy bag? And what was the answer, Michael? Uh, he said not every day. So, I mean, I think that's a positive. So if you, you like it, you can keep this. If not, you can send it right back. But if if he did try to throw one at you, the the results would be dire for Scott Darling. Yeah, I, well, here's a couple. You're going to keep one, that I, one or I, you're going to send I'm, it back? I'm going to take it. Um, you know, I did read that article that Mike wrote. and um, Well, first off, I thought that that's the exact kind of journalism today we need to get away from. I mean, baited, pointed question there, Bill. 
without a doubt. Looking yeah, yeah. looking for a sensational headline, and he got one. Well, anyway, <laughs> with um, with Scott, you know, we wanted to add another day of, of some kind of movement, some day, another day of cardio. Um, so, you know, Scott said, hey, what do you think about this boxing stuff, which I think is a, a great idea, right? Um, and, and to be honest with you, you know, sitting on a bike or getting on a treadmill or he's a pretty big guy, right? So going for a run probably isn't the best thing for him just from a, a joint standpoint. Um, you know, so this seemed like a really good idea. And, you know, the first day that he went, he called me and he said, because uh, that might have been the toughest thing that I've done in a while. And I said, good, let's do more of it, you know. Um, but he's he's been unbelievable, right? So he's also doing Pilates, which is helping with his, his range of motion and, and his core. Um, so he, he's been great, honestly. Uh, I, I can't say enough about it. Jacob's late. Wait, wait. Oh. See, you went yellow journalism, and Bill Berniston gave us a professional answer about it. Well, I think Scott Darling gave a professional answer too. I was, the, <laughs> I took the low road there. <laughs> well, usually with the younger guys, you know, I always tell them like, you know, some fellas, if you're going to bring it, you better bring all 180 pounds of your buddy. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to say that to dogs. <laughs> But uh, he's a big guy, man. He uh, he could do some damage, I'm sure. If uh, you know, I just I want him to like me. Yeah, well, know, we all do. <laughs> we want you to like us too. <laughs> um, uh, Jacob Slavin is another guy that you've worked with for a number of summers now. Um, what has been his focus this off season as he looks um, uh, to head into another NHL season? Maybe coming off one that that. Uh, perhaps wasn't as good as the year prior. I don't want to say he took a step back because I don't believe he took a step back at all, but uh, perhaps just didn't have uh, the season that, you know, he showed he could have uh, the season prior. So what has he done this summer uh, to to really get back into form and get ready for the 2018-19 season? Well, you know, that's another guy that shows up every day, right? Um, he does all the right things. He, um, you know, not only – that's right, another – what are you doing the other 22 hours? I mean, I don't need to worry about Jacob Slavin in those 22 hours, right? I mean, he's great in our community. He's great, you know, for, for the young guys around. Um, he, he's just a, he's a pro. So one of the things that we really wanted to work on him is just getting him a little bit stronger, you know, this year. Um, and, you know, again, you know, he, he's a guy that just shows up and does what you ask him to do. Um, you know, his minutes um, potentially could be a little bit higher this year. Um, so we want to make sure that, you know, we've really been working on a lot of conditioning as well, right? So just trying to get him, you know, stronger, a little bit bigger. Um, and, you know, obviously just making sure that, that he, can, he can last, right, for, for big minutes. So that's, that was our plan going into it, and that's where we are right now, and I think we're right on pace. Bill, one of the things we're always curious as to, your impact on the players and how their routines change over the years. But think back to when you got into being a strength and conditioning coach, just how many things change. It seems like on a yearly basis, what was good last year, well, you can't do that anymore. That's that's not good. So what do you do in an off season or even during the season? How much are you staying up on trends in training, in weights, in cardio, in whatever? How much of that is your job? Because I think people think that the strength and conditioning coach is just the guy, you know, we see all the videos of the guy who's always hyped up and, you know, excited when somebody puts up 500 pounds, but there's more to your job than that. So how much are you trying to stay on top of new ways of training, new ways of using weights or resistance or, or something like that? Is it 
is it an everyday thing or you've got something that works i'm just going to maybe add or subtract from from what your core values are of what training is yeah i think you you know you get your template and you you know where you want to be but you certainly have to to tweak it from time to time uh you have to stay current on the research so i would say that you know constantly reading um actually uh going to start getting a little bit busier starting actually tomorrow um i'm starting my doctorate uh in kinesiology so you know that'll that'll take a little bit of my my road time up uh you know making sure I'm studying, but it's also going to make me better at my job, right? Being able to stay on top of the, the current trends. Um, and I also try to surround myself with, with the best of the best. You know, that's how you get better. You know, I'm not sure I can say this, um, you know, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, in the 80s and, you know, when I was growing up, you know, we always had groups in our, our classes, which I'm glad we don't do that anymore, right? But, you know, the smart kids were in the smart group. And yeah. I hate to say the dumb kids were in a dumb group, right? But, yeah. you know, for me, I, I always want to be, you know, the dumbest guy in the smart group because that's how you're going to get better, right? So I always just try to hang out with people that are better than me. Um, and, and I do have to say, you know, our our staff, you know, they're, they're unbelievable, right? Doug Bennett, I don't know if you've ever had, you know, uh, I'm sure you, I know you've had conversations with him, but... You know, when we start talking about uh, training, when we start talking about athletic training, I mean, that guy's on top of, of everything. And so is Brian Maddox. You know, those guys bring a lot to the table, right? So even those little breakfast conversations that we have, you're constantly getting better, right? We're, we're constantly sharing articles with one another. Um, but, you know, outside the realm, you know, I, I try to hang out with uh, or at least, you know, call some of the better, you know, strength coaches in the area. And you, you just try to stick with those guys. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you maybe swap notes with other strength and conditioning coaches that you've met around the, you know, through coming up, your work with USA Baseball, or do you stick it in the hockey realm, or you talk to everybody you no, can? No, you, can... you talk to everybody, Mike. You know, it, training is training, right? I mean, the last I looked, you know, whether you're a soccer player or, you know, a hockey player, a squat is a squat, right? You know, I mean, would you like me to, you want to make it sports specific will hang hockey pucks off the the end of the bar right you want to make it you know it's you know your glute doesn't know what you do right but um you know so you talk to everybody and you grab a little bit you know here and a little bit there but you know staying on top of you know the trends staying on top of uh technology um this year you know when you when you ask you know what are we adding what are we going to be doing we're going to be doing a lot more uh with technology right whether that's wearables um you know just looking at workloads through, you know, guys wearing, um, whether it's heart rate monitors or accelerometers, um, but we're, we're also going to be measuring bar speed in the weight room, making sure that guys aren't losing power. We'll make sure that, you know, we're working on what we refer to as jump profiles so that we can test nervous system almost on a daily basis and things like heart rate variability, all those things that we're looking at to make sure that our athletes are ready to roll. Uh, and their peak peak condition, peak performance, and they're ready to go. Speaking of that weight room, uh, it's going to be a bit bigger this year. I don't. I know it's not. Uh, it's it's in the process of being work finished. Yeah, work in progress. But uh, how excited are you to get into a space that's a bit more uh, open, I guess, than last year and 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 bigger in a way? Well, you know, <laughs> let's go back to the the same term, Mike. You know, we can have we can have this big room, right? But if we just stand in it. It's not going to make us any stronger, right? It's not going to make us any pow- more powerful. So it, it's only going to be as good as what we, we turn it out to be, right? And that's going to come from our players. I think our players want it. Um, but, you know, for me, um, you know, it's always nice being in a little bit bit better place, right? Turn, 
you know, if we can make ourselves a little bit better by having a bigger space, I like the bigger space because we're going to be able to do a little bit more movement stuff, um, which I, I think movement is really the cornerstone of everything we do, whether it's on land or whether it's on ice. Um, so it's going to allow us to do that. Um, I don't think we're going to feel like we're on top of each other you know, during our warm-ups and, and things of that nature. So I'm really pleased that, you know, it is going to be a bit bigger. Um, you know, we're going to take out a couple of bikes that we, we've had in there. I think maybe uh, in the past we've had a little bit more. Um, just the, the way it was set up, right? We could we could afford to, you know, the room and have 17 bikes in one, one place. Uh, I don't think we need that many right now. So we'll buy some, some space by, you know, moving some equipment out adding a little bit of equipment, taking some out. So I'm excited about it. And like I said, I think it's going to allow for us to have uh, more team workouts, you know, instead of breaking guys up and, you know, having guys come in, you know, group one, group two, you know, in group three or whatever it may be. It sounds crazy, but you keep talking about team bonding. How much of that bonding does come through that work, which if anybody's ever been an athlete, you know, working out when you don't want to, when you have that teammate who pulls you across the finish line who wants you to be there, the strength and conditioning coach who gets you motivated for it. How much does that, and I'm not trying to be cliche or, or cater to you here, Billy, but to get the guys to want to do that, and that's where you can form friendships. You know, you get the guys who you want to work out with or, you know, not feeling it today, I'm, I'm going to work out with him because he's going to make me better. He's going to push me to do that. Yeah. How important, how does that get built in, in those rooms? Well, I think it does um... – you know, when you sweat together and you, you put in the time together and work together, I think, you know, it, each each player appreciates that, right, from the other, right? And we try to we try to live off of each other's energy and, and the things that, um, you know, we're doing in the weight room definitely lead to that, you know, whether it's uh, – we're, we're, you asked earlier what were some of the things that we were going to change. Um, we're going to, you know, Tom Dunnan and, and Roddy, um, both of them have said, hey, you know, let's get more competitive, right? So we'll have some leaderboards up there this year. Um, and we're going to know where guys are, right? I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. Yeah. That, that's, I want to make that clear. Yeah. I'm just trying to make people better, right? And if you happen to be at the bottom, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm just trying to help you get to the next level. What can I do to help? Um, you know, so that, that's important, right? So the things that we're doing, too, you know, not necessarily from a team building standpoint, but I think our players know that, you know, we're in it to, to help them and their careers, right? So, you know, for them, I know they're, they want to win now, but the other part of that is, hey, can I help you get your next contract? I mean, I don't verbally, you know, talk about that all the time, yeah. right? But, you know, that's something, right? Hey, let's, let's have a great year, right? Your great year leads to, you know, a longer, you know, career, uh, and a healthy career, right? So most importantly, that's what we're trying to do in season. We're trying to make sure that, you know, guys stay healthy and still productive. Uh, I'm going to put this out, and I think this is the perfect way to end this interview with Bill Berniston, head strength and conditioning coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. Nutrition and food and how important it is. I, you always tell us, Michael Smith and, and me, how we are trying to stay up on the road. How important is that? And how much you enjoy coming out to eat with, uh, with the group on the road, if you well, can share that. Well, I can tell you I do enjoy it because I enjoy the camaraderie, right? When you talk about the team building, I enjoy the laughs. Um, 
I still don't think there's any place for it on this podcast. So I don't think we should be talking about food. Like I want when I listen to your podcast, I want to listen to I want to hear hockey. I want to hear Carolina Hurricanes. I don't want to hear about you know what's the best craft beer. I don't know. It's just me. I shut it off, Mike. I'm going to be completely honest. With it's you. it's all right. It's all right. Honest. But when you talk about the nutrition aspect, um, we've been fortunate enough this year to hire a nutritionist, um, and, and she's going to do an unbelievable job. She's already done an unbelievable job. She's contacted each player. Hey, what can I do to help? What are, what are things that we need to change? Uh, can I help with you know uh, meals on the road? All those types of things. So I think that's um, that's going to help us. Now, you know, Doug Bennett and myself have done that in the past. Um, that's going to kind of take that. We're still working with that, but yeah. it'll take us off our plate. And that's her specialty, right? Like she's um, she's great at it, and, and we're really lucky, lucky to have her. So he's a, a great person to have on the road to build all of that camaraderie. He's even fun to go out to eat with, even though he makes fun of how Michael Smith and I eat on the road. <laughs> Bill Berniston, thank you for being our second second time guest here on Kane's Cast. And uh, I was going to do it if you like it, keep it. If you want, send it back part two. But the answer is, which one of us would lose our lunch with a workout with you first? I, I'm, I'm, it'd be me. Smitty, Smitty's a sneaky good athlete. Yeah, so. I, I could see that. A closet athlete, as John Forslund called it. Well, yeah. you, you know, it is what it is. No, no labels on this show. I suppose now. Actually, wow. actually, Mike. To be honest with you, I'd be embarrassed if either one of you threw up during one of my workouts, just because. Uh, you know, those days are over. I, I don't try to make guys throw up anymore. I just try to make them better. I was going to say, there's not a trash bin big enough to contain what I have to get out. So <laughs> that's it. Bill, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Wow. That was really, really great insight from Bill there. Um, lots of stuff, a little peek behind the curtain, I think, of, of things that fans just might not think about. You know, every, every day of, of the season, you've got guys who um, – are working on the ice, but their work off the ice is, is just as important. And I think it, it contributes to the success on the ice. And the Hurricanes, have you, as you mentioned, have built up a, a great staff, uh, Berniston, uh, among the, the training staff that, that helps elevate this team to the level they're at. Yeah, Bill Berniston, Doug Bennett, Brian Maddox, Tristan Simmons, they're, I'd put them up against anybody in the National Hockey League. And you know, it's one of those things, I'd take them uh, seven days a week, twice on Sunday. Yeah, and that's that's how they they are. That's how they get this team ready to to play and get going after it. So, speaking of getting in uh, going after it, if you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Will Ferrell. Yeah. Okay. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Oh, thanks, Will Ferrell. Yeah, I I know you never have anything ready for this. Oh well, I can think. Do you have something? I always have something for this. Okay. It's it's Hit me. one of the things that we were working on for doing this. So we mentioned talking with Bill Berniston that. You know, the shape some of these guys need to be in. And as mentioned before, Dougie Hamilton has shown up in the top 20 defensemen in the National Hockey League, according to NHL Network. If you like it, you know the rest. We've already heard Will Ferrell. Sure. But this Carolina Hurricanes group, from top to bottom, is the best group of puck-moving defensemen in the National Hockey League. Top to bottom. I'm not saying it's the best defensive group. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But top to bottom, when you talk about stretch passes, the way that the game is played, what you need to do now, it's the best group in the NHL. I'd have to think it certainly gives the league a run. You know, if if it's not the top, it's one of the top. Um, and I think holding on to Justin Falk, I know he's been uh, in, conversa in trade conversations for months now. 
Um, the Hurricanes obviously in no rush to, to move him or anything. And I think hanging on to him only obviously makes their defense better, especially the puck moving aspect part of it because he's a guy who we've seen can not only score goals, uh, just like Dougie Hamilton's going to come in and do, yep. but also make that first pass out of the zone uh, to initiate a rush. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I would probably take that. Yeah, I mean, the ones that I look at that I would say are on the equal footing, Nashville, because they're a loaded group. Columbus is pretty good, although they don't have Jack Johnson anymore. Not that I, I think that that is a huge minus, but you could make the case a guy with a lot of experience who knew how to play. Columbus has a really good young group who knows how to move the puck as well. But I take a look at what the Canes have done. And again, in addition that people aren't giving enough credit, Calvin DeHaan yeah. being able to come in and, and play that kind of game. This Canes blue line, they don't have – the top defensive pairing, and then you're, you know, the one-two pairing, the three, you know, the the three-four, and then the five-six. They have two top pairings, and, and you can make the case that three could be a top pairing for teams yeah, in the NHL. Almost a one A, B, and C. Pretty much, that's how I look at. In it. essence, and and so going off of that, I I do have something. Oh, yeah, surprise! Because I got one to send right back over the net. Okay, to you. well, hopefully these won't be the same thing, but uh, in that same vein, because Dougie Hamilton cracked uh, the top 18 uh, or excuse me top 20 he was yeah. number 18 uh, and then they listed I think five defensemen on the bubble I think you could make an argument that one other Hurricanes defenseman gets on either list whether it's the top defenseman in the NHL or the five on the bubble I think Jacob Slavin should be that's that's the name I was going to say if I was a little surprised he wasn't at number 20 yeah I mean, he got he got a fifth place vote for for Norris this year, which I think is is rather impressive when you look at the the list of of candidates. And he might not be uh, the thing with these lists are it's the flashy guys that get recognized, and somebody like him well, or even Brent Burns being on that list, I don't have a major problem with it. But Brent Burns also spends time at forward, and if Brent Burns only scored ten goals a year, we're not talking about Brent Burns like that because. He's a lot of offense. Now, don't get me wrong. He is a great, great player. Yeah. I mean, he he's deserving of the accolades, but a lot of the Brent Burns accolades are because he's a defenseman who scores 22, 23 goals, which is amazing. But when I'm looking at defensemen, are we just talking about the best offensive defensemen? Right. Or are we talking about the total package guys? And, and that's where I think the list skews a little bit towards maybe the more offensive ones, the ones that are flashier and put up the numbers yep. and everything. But a guy like Jacob Slavin, who – I don't think he's ever going to put up those type of numbers, but he's extremely reliable in his own end. He's going to, as Bill said, take on really heavy minutes. Yeah. And when he's counted on in the shootout, when he, when his name is called and he goes over the boards, he's proven pretty reliable. All right. So I, I'm going to take it. Obviously, that's that's where we are. Yeah. I just want to modify that a little bit. If you look at defensemen, they get all this credit for being on the power play and scoring goals, and, hey, that's the name of the game. But I think a defenseman like Jacob Slavin, who is on the penalty kill, like the, the guys who you're counting on to be the stalwarts on that special teams unit do not get looked at the same as the guys on the power play. Yeah. And, I mean, that is what it is. That's like any award. Like the Heisman Trophy is supposed to go to the best player in college football. It's never going to go to a defensive player. It'll never go to an offensive lineman. Right. It goes to the quarterback slash running back, and 99% of the time now it's quarterback, with the best stats on one of the best teams. And that's kind of how people view it now. Oh, well, 
he only scored seven goals. Yeah, but he was a plus. Go back two years ago when Jacob Slavin and Brett Pesci were plus in the 20s right. on a team that was struggling to score goals. Or the amount of shots they block or, the, you know. All the, of that, so it gets weighed into yeah. it. But I will put out an offensive like it, keep it. If okay. Not, and it let's keep it on the blue line. With the addition of Dougie Hamilton, and now you have Justin Falk, and we've got a few other players that you can see are maybe growing into or could slide into other roles. The Canes' power play, because of the additions on the blue line, will finish the season in the top half of the league. So t- meaning 15 or better. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, I think it was 22 last year, 23. Yep. Um, so 15 or better. Yeah, I'll take it. And I think, honestly, I think it almost needs to be in order for this, this team to be successful. Agreed. Because we talk about goal scoring a lot, and a lot of that is being able to convert on those man advantage chances. Um, and so I do think the Hurricanes are going to be capable of that, and I honestly think they might need to, to get into the top half of the league uh, in order to get back to the postseason. But I think uh, Hamilton's going to be a huge addition to the power play. Him on that, I'm going to say probably the top power play unit. That's going to help drive that whole unit. And I think Justin Falk, who had a dip in production last season goal-wise, uh, if he can get back to the level – that we know he can be at, that's only going to be a boost to both the offense and the offense from the power play. So I think it's it's totally reasonable uh, that those steps can be taken, and I think it's it's pretty vitally important uh, that those steps are taken. And it does, and not to revisit episode 53, but you lost a guy this offseason in a trade in Jeff Skinner who scores 80% of his goals five on five. 85%, I believe, is the number you look at it, you would have thought he had a just a whole mess of power play numbers, but no, he's an even strength goal scorer. So now there is going to be a little bit more of a demand for the power play to come through and be in the top half of the league. And if it is, if this is a top 10 power play, we're looking at more games, I believe, past 82 of the regular season. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I got. You got anything else? Nope. I didn't. Think I came did. up with one. I can't believe you that had was... <laughs> one. That is a big win for everybody today. Well, it's been, you know, it's been uh, marinating on my mind. Well, you had a lot of time to think about it with Bill Berniston. Yes. Technically, we've got a bunch of those in today because I had like two with Bill. That's true. They're sprinkled throughout the podcast. So you got to be listening for them. But the yeah. official <laughs> one is when you hear yeah. Will Farrell. Bill just wanted to know if he was going to have one of those. And right. I, I, I gave him one. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't want him to make me run until I got, <laughs> you know, till I yacked. Yeah. Which he could probably do. Oh, God, yeah. For anybody, really. Pretty much. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> All right. Anything else that you need to scratch here, my friend? I don't think so. I think we uh, we pretty much covered it all. Yeah, that's it. And um, if you're hearing outside noise, there's uh, tours. There's a tour Hi. happening. Yeah, going on so we can wave. I, remember, I have the Fortress of Solitude. It's a yeah. glass case of emotion as well. Yeah, so, if you're in section, what, 320, 321, it's, uh, just look right up behind you and you'll see the glass enclosure that is TV's Mike Maniscalco's home. Oh, thank you. Yes. The, but it's also home for the Webb's Michael Smith when we do Kane's Cast episode 54. 54 episodes. Yeah. And I have to say. Still going strong. I don't want to slow strong, down. And the ratings on iTunes have been unbelievable. We Everyone, got a best friend. Yeah, we did. We made best friends. And that's, you know, that's what we say. Five stars, best friends. That's what it, That's what it's all about. Making connections yeah. with people. We appreciate everyone who listens and uh, on a weekly Even the people basis. who hate listen, I appreciate that. Sure, if there are any out there. It drives up the numbers. That's yeah. how I look at it. But uh, we'll be back next week with uh, with another episode. Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. 
I've got a important milestone in, in life, 16th wedding anniversary wow. coming up. So I'll be away. Away. Yeah. Coming back on Monday. Probably enjoying food. We can talk about the food that you enjoyed on. Yeah, yeah. And Bill can listen and really enjoy all of those Can't wait. segments. I mean, <laughs> the, the places that I've got earmarked. Yeah. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. Get prepared. But we don't, it's, it's, I'm not going to a place where we visit during the season, sort of. Well, speaking of uh, next Tuesday, uh, tickets, individual game tickets are going to go on sale next week. Uh, Monday for season ticket members. Tuesday, there'll be a special social pre-sale. And Wednesday, the general public uh, will have access to those. So be ready for that as well. Can't wait for that. And again, interview with Michael Furland. Newest Carolina Hurricane is up at Hurricanes.com, which is the domain of the web's Michael Smith, as he belongs to all of us on the Internet. We will talk to you next week. Look for uh, the Canes cast to drop on Tuesday, as the kids would say. So for the web's Michael Smith. And TV's Mike Maniscalco. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.